What is going on guys? It's your boy Scrub here back again with another video and welcome back to Ryan's Rants episode 2. Yeah, that's right. Last week I said the coolest comment had a bunch of swag and got to name the series. And as you can tell from all the comments I'm throwing up on screen now, it seems like that's just uh, gonna have to be the name. I just work here. I don't make the rules. I just follow them. But yeah, with that out of the way, let's get into this week's random show of talking about crap. So the first story we have is from a company that managed to send $10.5 million to a stranger in crypto and now is having a hard time getting it back. I love how they're like, oh, they're having a hard time getting it back. You don't say. If someone sent me $10.5 million in crypto, I would be contacting a lawyer and trying to figure out how this is mine now. Especially if it was like a firm. If a person sends it to you, the nice thing to do would be to send it back. If it's some like venture capital firm and they mess up and send you a bunch of money, of course you're not going to be rushing to give it back. Especially there was this case a few years ago with like, I think it was Wells Fargo or Chase. I, I can't remember. Where they sent this company like $193 million on accident and the company is still to this day having a legal battle saying they need to be able to keep it. Because it's their responsibility to double check where it's going, not theirs for receiving it. The headline itself reads, Crypto firm fronted by Matt Damon accidentally transferred $10.5 million to a woman instead of a $100 refund and it's struggling to get it back. They just had to throw Matt Damon in there for some extra clickbait points. I can't even be mad, I do the same thing, like you gotta get paid, I get it. But it is so funny they somehow get Matt Damon involved. I hope Matt Damon is not the guy fronting the 10 $5 million they just sent to someone else. Yeah, I'm actually going to be buying a 30% stake in this crypto brokerage thing. It's going to be lit. Oh, yeah, they sent all my money to some woman and we can't get it back, though. I bet you this woman has already changed her name and fled the country, bro. $10.5 million is a solid chunk of change. That's some life-changing money. That's some fake-your-death money if you really had to. I mean, it's not billions, sure. But you move to some place where the cost of living is lower, and that'll last a bit. How do they not double check this? I'm always shocked that there's not a process in place for them to like double check transactions over a certain amount. Maybe they use an automated system, but if that's the case, why is your automated system just sending random people $10.5 million? If there's an automated system on here, what needs to happen is anything over a certain amount has to go to other people. And we officially need to start calling the AI that did it, if that's the case, Robin Hood. Because for real, taking $10.5 million from the brokerage and sending it to some random person, it's going full Disney Robin Hood vibes and uh, it's pretty entertaining. Obviously, the company's going to have to fire someone for this. Like, I don't think that no one's going to get in trouble for messing up and getting rid of $10.5 million, especially if they don't get it back. Like I said, I'm not surprised that they're going to have a hard time getting it back. Sending someone $10.5 million probably makes them want to keep it, especially when it was just supposed to be $100. That's what's even weirder to me. Usually in this situation, it's just like an extra comma, you know, maybe one extra decimal point, one extra number. How in the world do you mess up $100 into $10.5 million? Those aren't even close. If you typed those out, it would be very evidently different. Conspiracy theory time, no proof whatsoever. How do we know it wasn't an inside job? His plan all along was to get a job at Matt Damon's crypto firm just to be able to send $10.5 million to his mom who would flee the country. 
Overall, if you have a company where you're sending people millions of dollars, I would maybe have someone double-checking that everything's going to the right location, but uh, Matt Damon's crypto firm's not having a good day. I just thought that was nuts. All right, this next story is going to be a little bit more of a rant than it is like anything very, very coherent, but this has bugged me for a really long time because I'm just... So over everything having to be a smart device, bro, I'm sorry. Not everything has to be Bluetooth enabled. Not everything has to be connected to the internet. Not everything has to be a touch screen. We can have some things that are dumb. That's okay. Physical buttons outperform touch screens in new cars. Test finds. Wow, who would have ever thought that trying to use an iPad in a car is a little bit more complicated than buttons, especially if you're just trying to, like, change the air while you're driving? You want to change the song real quick? You want to, I don't know, do whatever you got to do in your car? So much easier when there's just a button assigned to only that versus having to navigate an operating system like I'm trying to play Angry Birds for some reason. Oh, uh, I can can play games on my fridge. Cool, but why would you need to do that, man? Like, I don't want a smart fridge. Keep my food cold. If you can do that, that's it. That's all I need. I, I don't want everything connected to the internet. Oh, I have a a smart doorknob where I can open every door in my house from my phone. Okay, why? Why do you need that? I don't know, man. I just feel like there's just been this huge push towards everything has to be smart connected. Everything has to be intelligent, bro. Oh, this this is my smart knife. It automatically detects what meat it's cutting through and sends my phone a guide for the best way to cook this pork or chicken. Like, goodness gracious, at at this rate, we're going to start having literally everything being smart. A smart diaper for grandma and grandpa and the old folks home, you know, diaper full. Wow, I'm so glad this is Bluetooth enabled. My hope is from this article about, you know, cars preferring buttons over touchscreens is that maybe, maybe we're finally going to break out of this. Everything has to be a smart device thing because I'm just so over it. I hope other people are going to realize that it's just not the move. Sometimes dumb devices are good. I'm not saying we should go back to dumb phones. I enjoy a smartphone. This isn't like anti-technology. I love computers. I love video games. I just don't think everything has to be smart all the time. It's, It's just a little absurd. The way it's been going, too much. Okay, this one is definitely embarrassing for uh, the country we're going to be talking about, but it's also a little bit more of a serious topic. It's about the Russian-Ukrainian war. At this point, Russia is starting to get desperate for military supplies. They've had a lot of embargoes placed on them. People can't really export arms easily there, and they've been at war for a long time now, so they've gotten to the point where they're in desperate need of resupplies of drones, artillery shells, all that. And they've been looking around, and I guess they've decided to start buying artillery shells from North Korea. And I just feel like once you start having North Korea as one of the only people willing to work with you, that should be a sign that you're the bad guy in the movie, alright? Russia is buying North Korean artillery according to U.S. intelligence. Moscow's purchase of millions of shells and rockets from North Korea is a sign that global sanctions have hampered the Russian military's supply lines. Before this entire war kicked off, everybody kind of thought that Russia was this guy you didn't want to mess with, you know? For all you knew, he, he was the guy at the bar who just could pick you up and throw you across the bar into the display of all the pretty bottles, shatter them on your back. Like, that was the vibe. 
But the fact that they haven't been able to take Ukraine and, like, the amount of armored vehicles they've been losing, it's almost hysterical that we were ever that afraid of them in the first place. Come on, man. Like, this is the equivalent of us trying to invade Canada and just not being able to do it. It would be pretty embarrassing for us, especially if we got so desperate that we turned around and started trying to buy stuff from North Korea. North Korea is one of the only places that everyone just universally agrees, like, is kind of messed up in the way it's being ran. I don't know, I don't really feel like a guy who goes around telling the people that he's basically a demigod who doesn't have to poop because he works so hard is a little out there. It seems unfair to the people that are subjugated to that. I know they have a huge military stockpile though, because when you have a government that is that nuts, the only way you make sure it continues to exist is being armed up and the whole Korean War thing left them on edge. I bet you Kim Jong-un was hyped about this. He got a call and he's like, wait, you guys want to buy a bunch of shells from us? Like millions and millions of dollars worth of military equipment? You know you called North Korea, right? And Putin was like, yeah, I know. And Kim Jong-un was just hyped. Yeah, of course, of course, man, of course. We've been waiting for someone to buy all this crap we've been stockpiling. If I was Ukraine, I would feel like this was just a, a huge boost. Obviously, they've been doing incredible in terms of keeping Russia at bay. Nobody thought they'd be able to hold out as long as they have, and, like, they're launching offensives, so they're, they're doing great. But hearing the news that Russia is having to go to North Korea to buy weapons has to give them just a little boost of confidence. Russia is buying millions of artillery shells and rockets from North Korea, according to newly declassified American intelligence, a sign that global sanctions have severely restricted supply chains and forced Moscow to turn to pariah states for military supplies. This disclosure comes days after Russia received initial shipments of Iranian-made drones, some of which American officials said had mechanical problems. And U.S. government officials said Russia's decision to turn to Iran and North Korea was a sign that sanctions and export controls imposed by the U.S. and Europe were hurting Moscow's ability to obtain supplies for its army. When the sanctions first got levied, everybody kind of thought that they would take a little bit to become effective. And sure, some of them have been more effective than others. But yeah, the fact that they're having to turn to pariah states that don't themselves have a huge reputation for super reliable modern military equipment shows that it's definitely starting to have an impact on that. And at the end of the day, if they're starting to buy things when batches of hundreds or thousands where like 20-30% of them aren't going to work, it's going to severely cut back on their military operational ability. Man, that sounded pretty strategic, didn't it? Woo! Someone throw me a, a, a Brigadier General hat. Russia's just single-handedly gonna have give these countries, like, a huge economic boom, you know? Oh, wow. Uh, how'd they make 16 billion more dollars this year than they did last year? Selling crap to Russia. And what's even smarter, think about it. Let's say the Iranians sold them, like, 500 drones and 50 were broken. You start adding that up. Every 10 packages of drones they buy, they're just paying for a whole nother package because they're still buying ineffective stuff. Maybe that's their strategy. North Korea's like, if we send 10,000 artillery shells and 3,000 don't work, they're going to keep buying them, so let's just not fill 3,000 of them. Pretty ingenious. Oh, y you think about it. Russia's desperate. What are they going to do? Stop buying them? It's a joke, by the way. I, I don't think that's ingenious. I was, I was making a joke about how they're going to milk Russia for all their money. You, you, you know? 
The United States provided few details from the declassified intelligence about the exact weaponry timing or size of the shipment, and there is no way yet to independently verify the sale. A U.S. official said that beyond short-range rockets and artillery shells, Russia was expected to try to purchase additional North Korean equipment going forward. The Kremlin should be alarmed that it has to buy anything at all from North Korea, said Mason Clark, who leads the Russia team at the Institute for the Study of War. North Korea has a very sizable military. It's absolutely massive. It's, you know, a military dictatorship, and part of that comes with having to have a massive army. But if I was Russia, I'd be nervous, because none of their stuff's been battle-tested in quite a long time. The Korean War took place, like, right after World War II, so that's what? 70, 70 years ago, where all the equipment that they were using then is probably very different from the stuff that they've made now. And beyond skirmishes with South Korea, it's not like it's been insanely battle-tested, so... I don't know, I, I would be a little nervous. That's like buying from a company that has no experience in what they're doing. Finding a car company that's never built cars before and being the first person to buy it, that'd be a little nerve-wracking. Who knows if it's gonna break down? Who knows if they're gonna have a good warranty? You've just got no clue. And something tells me that North Korea does not have a great warranty on the arms you buy from them. I feel like once the shipment leaves and gets to you, it's your problem. Whether it works or not is not their issue. You paid for it, it's your issue. It'll be interesting to see how the equipment works, though. Like, the only war nerd in me coming out. Obviously, war is horrible. I wish it wasn't happening. But the idea that we're going to be able to see North Korean equipment being used in a modern war and just know their capabilities as well. I'm sure the military intelligence agency is foaming at the mouth like, oh, this is going to be sick. We're going to know all this stuff. And if most of it doesn't work, it's even better. Like, if this slows down Russia and lets us know that North Korea is a paper tiger as well, W's, W's in the chat. Moscow had hoped that China would be willing to buck those export controls and continue to supply the Russian military, but in recent days, American officials have said that while China was willing to buy Russian oil at a discount, Beijing, at least so far, has respected the export controls aimed at the Moscow military and not tried to sell either military equipment or components. I feel like the Chinese government probably just did a quick little uh, math equation and said, oh, the Americans are how much of our economy and the Russians are how much? Well, okay, we'll buy oil on the cheap, but we're not going to do anything that's going to get us embargoed and blocked from exporting as well. They're going to look at the numbers and just the reality is it's a lot more profitable to continue all the trade with America than risk all the trade for America to provide military components to a government. That, you know, you don't really know how everything's going to pan out in this war, even if you supply them. You don't know if you're going to burn the bridges with NATO, Europe, the U.S. And what if it doesn't work out? What if there is instability? You don't want to be on that end of stuff where you burn the bridge and now you're just out of luck. So I'm not surprised that they haven't been willing to cross the line and provide military support. But overall, I just think it's crazy that Russia, which we used to think was just the big, bad, scary guy on the block, is literally buying stuff from North Korea. So this next story we got is actually a Reddit post from Today I Messed Up, but it's really hilarious because he convinced his uncle of a conspiracy theory that doesn't exist. He kind of made it up on the spot. And now that I think about it, this is probably how most, like, dumb conspiracy theories start. 
flat earth. Like, okay, why would the government make up that the earth is round? It just seems like a really weird thing to make up. So many people would have to be in on keeping it a secret. Like, who even came up with this idea? But if it was just some kid at Thanksgiving telling his uncle some stupid theory, not thinking he was going to believe it, and next thing he knows it got everywhere, that would just make a lot more sense to me. Today I messed up by telling my uncle a fake conspiracy theory about aliens. Okay, aliens definitely exist, but let's see what this theory is. My uncle, who's 52, is really into conspiracy theories, chemtrails, fake moon landing, anti-vax, and especially stuff about aliens. Two days ago, he was over for a family dinner and of course started talking about some nonsense at the table, and after the dinner, I said I wanted to have a chat with him. I told him that a friend of mine who works in the government told me something about aliens, that they're invading Earth and building bases underground. Basically, these aliens live in higher temperatures and they're heating up the Earth to slowly kill us and take over. I told him that's what climate change really is. And I was telling him and he started getting really into it, asking all sorts of questions. Eventually, he left and I laughed it off and thought he wouldn't care about it in an hour. Turns out, he's been posting all over Facebook and social media about aliens heating up the Earth and has been spreading it to everyone he knows. Says he did research and found even more information and it's been two days and he won't shut up about it. Guys, I did a bunch of research. Whoa, that's crazy considering that your nephew literally made it up because he was like, there's no way he's gonna believe it. That's the funniest part of this to me. Obviously, conspiracy theorists like on this level that are, are this nuts spewing it on Facebook, they're going to believe anything that's said to them. Not surprising. They're going to spread it. But I love that he's like, no, I did a bunch more research. Where? None of it ever existed. The entire thing was made up. This is some next level trolling, though. This is what all of us should aspire to be. Imagine being such a good troll that you get someone to, like, just start convincing all these other conspiracy theorists that aliens have invaded the Earth and are heating up the Earth and they find all this research about it that doesn't exist. At this point, with the rate he's been spreading it, like, is this just going to become a thing? If in a year or two there's the alien hollow Earth theory, we can really look back to this and go, oh my goodness, all of this comes from this guy who was just trolling his uncle and trying to convince him that aliens do live in the core of the planet and are heating everything up. I feel like yes, okay, it's definitely some good trolling, but at the same time, you would never expect anyone to actually believe this stuff. Like if I started telling someone that the Lord of the Rings is real and they all live in the hollow earth, I would just assume they know that I'm telling them a story that isn't actually real. I feel like you wouldn't expect to have to go into detail and explain that no, there actually is no proof from people that work in the government that aliens live inside the earth. And if your friend did work in the government and was giving you this information, if it was true, then you're really airing out your friend by telling it to someone that's going to go post it on Facebook. Could you imagine it was real? They like go to his friend who works at the FBI. Hey man, uh, we gave you all this classified information and now it's all over Facebook. Anything you can say to explain that? Oh, I told one friend. I told him not to tell his uncle Frank too. That guy cannot keep his mouth shut. Gets 40 years in prison for, like, leaking government secrets. This uncle's really trying to get that government employee in massive amounts of trouble. Uh, if anyone gets pulled into the earth, though, and gets to meet the aliens, keep me posted. I just thought this was some funny next-level trolling you guys would appreciate as well. Okay, next up is something very, very important. This is probably more important than anything going on in the world. Anywhere else is irrelevant compared to what we're about to talk about. Skate 4 is coming out, ladies and gentlemen. If you've been a fan of the channel and, like, the Storytime channel for a while, 
you know, Skate 3 is like, I'm going to be honest, probably one of my favorite games of all time, if not my favorite game of all time. I grew up skateboarding. It's it's the best skating video game there is. Sorry, Tony Hawk. It's reality. Skate 3, in my opinion, has the most fun gameplay. I'm not saying it's the most, like, groundbreaking. Obviously, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater did a lot for uh, skateboarding games. That being said, I'm hyped for Skate 4, especially because they're launching it free to play so everyone can play it and understand its greatness. Leaked skate footage offers closer look at fun city map and customization. The map for Skate 4 is reported to be a lot bigger, plus on top of that, one of my favorite things when Skate 3 still had like all of its online features working fully is people could make their own skate parks and stuff and then upload them, so the options were really endless. But the leaked footage does make the game look very pretty. Obviously, because Skate 3 is insanely old at this point, the graphics were going to be much improved. But as long as it's just a more polished version of Skate 3, I think it'll be goaded. The customization options, I'm sure there's going to be plenty you can unlock. But I'm not going to be surprised if a lot of it ends up being microtransaction-ish. Just because they're doing free-to-play, they've got to make that money up somewhere else. And I don't know, if as long as they do like reasonable prices, like four or five bucks for a bunch of boards from a company or whatever, and a little bit goes to that company too, I'd pay it. I wouldn't be stoked about it, but if a game's free to play, I understand that sometimes they're going to have to make up money in other places. And I think free to play is probably a better model for a game like this, because I would spend $60 on a skate game, but I don't necessarily know that like uh, people that don't skateboard or like the skating games would do that. Free to play appeal means that, you know, there's no disadvantage to just throwing it on the Xbox, PlayStation, computer, whatever it's on, and just having it and playing it every now and then. Oh, I'm so excited, bro. Just, just, you know, just know this now. It's been a lot of War Thunder game gameplay lately. It's what I'm into. When Skate 4 comes out, I wouldn't expect any other gameplay for like at least a year. I'm going to be playing the ever-living crap out of that game, and I'm not going to apologize for it. So I don't know if I can show the gameplay, and I'm not really trying to mess around with EA, but here's a picture of it, and doesn't it just look pretty? Skate 3 is a very fun game, but it was a little bit graphically challenged, that's what I'll call it. But goodness, this game looks pretty. What I'm really hoping for, too, is that they just accept that they take forever to release these skate games, and the ones that were originals are very old, so they should just remaster those maps and release them as well. I know we're going to be able to download tons of maps from, like, community maps and whatnot, but those eventually do get turned off when the game gets old. So please give us, like, the fattest map of all time. Let us go back to all the old DLC maps, the old maps like make sure that we have the ability to always have new places to skate because I'm not even kidding with skate 3 gameplay it got to the point where I really had nowhere to skate that I hadn't used in a video like three or four times because it's just not a very large map when you think about the fact that it's like 10 years old it's a big map but not with how old these games get With the graphics like that too, it'll definitely be a a pretty game, and as long as they don't drastically change the gameplay, then we should be good. I like the way Skate 3 works. Hopefully they give us a little bit more control over the modes, because, like, it'd be nice to have a realistic mode, like an arcade mode. I know they kind of had that in Skate 3 with easy, medium, and hard, but it just wasn't the same. Overall, it's going to be a great game, hopefully. If they ruin Skate, I'm going to be so mad. Also, it's not Skate 4. It's just called Skate. They're dropping the number from it. You know, it's just Skate now, which is hilarious. They released Skate 1, 2, 3, and now just Skate. 
which technically they haven't just released. Wait, is the original one just called Skate? No, this might be the second one that they've just called Skate. I don't know what's going on, bro. I just work here. I just want to play the game. Let me have it, please, please, please. And our last story comes from the Navy, and it just sounds like something straight up out of a movie. Basically, a few years ago, this guy uh, got caught kind of bribing Navy officials and, like, making things in ports move and, and giving officials naughty things to try to get them to do things for him. Just some general run-of-the-mill corruption stuff. And uh, the Navy does not have a lot of corruption, so when this all came out, it was a very big deal. It's literally the biggest corruption scandal in their history because the U.S. military does not really play with corruption. Anyways, he got convicted and uh, cut his ankle monitor and fled in a U-Haul truck. Man behind U.S. Navy's largest corruption case hires a U-Haul, cuts ankle tag, and flees. Fleeing from the United States military seems like a dumb idea, but also, how did this guy hire a U-Haul truck without anyone who's supposed to be watching him having any alarm bells start to ring? He's on house arrest. I feel like there should be a system where if someone on house arrest starts hiring a U-Haul, you at least go over and ask them what they're doing. It's not like they can move or anything. I don't know, it would just seem weird if the guy who literally can't leave his house started renting a car. I, I just feel like that might make me think that he's about to maybe try to leave this whole house arrest situation. His unassailable charm was said to have penetrated the U.S. Navy better than the Soviets ever could, and he gained unprecedented access to classified information through a massive bribery network. Now, Leonard Glenn Francis has pulled off yet another daring feat, successfully escaping house arrest just weeks before he's set to be sentenced for masterminding the Navy's largest ever corruption scandal. Man, I feel like you need to be paying extra bonus attention to people on house arrest when they're about to be sentenced for something that's a very big deal. Obviously, now that he's been convicted and he's going to be sentenced for the biggest bribery scandal in Navy history, he's aware that they're going to throw the book at him. Like, duh, uh, the Navy can't really go light on a guy who just got caught with their biggest corruption scandal either, I think. That might send the wrong message. Oh, whatever, this guy ran the biggest bribery scheme in our history. We're just going to give him one year in prison. They have to throw the book at him, and they should throw the book at him. I feel like military corruption is an absolute no-go. Like, that needs to be shut down. Look at the effects it can have. Look at Russia. We just know for a fact that a lot of their military companies, a lot of their generals were just pocketing a lot of the money. And now they've been so underfunded, everything's falling apart. Like, corruption in the military just completely destroys a country, so you can't really go light on it. But it also makes sense that if he was ever going to cut the ankle monitor and run, it would be right now, before he gets sentenced to jail for a very, very long time. He's already an old man, chances are, if he goes to jail. He's staying in jail, if you're picking up what I'm putting down. Security at Francis's house was lax. Tom Wright, the co-founder of journalism studio Project Brazen, who interviewed Francis at length last year for his podcast, Fat Leonard, told Vice World News. The fact we were able to smuggle a microphone to him last year for our podcast and right after that security on his house remained weak is very strange. In 2020, an inspection found no one guarding the house for three hours when the on-duty guard was out at lunch. With the way they're making it sound, I'm kind of surprised he didn't try to make a break for it any sooner. The guards just leave for hours at a time. Oh, whatever. It's not like he's going to cut and run. Uh, he's got nothing to lose now. He's been convicted of a very serious crime. If anything, he's got nothing to lose to try to run because he's already going to jail anyways. What are you going to do? 
make him go to jail for an extra 10 years for trying to escape on top of the like 60 years he's gonna get, I think it's probably worth the risk for him, especially because the guards weren't even like police officers or a federal crime unit or military police. It was a private company, but the guy they were guarding was who hired them. That kind of seems like a conflict of interest. Here this guy is being accused of bribery. You know, paying people to do things they shouldn't do. And you're gonna let him hire the guards that are supposed to watch him. Hmm, I wonder if maybe he would try to bribe the guards to look the other way while he did an escape. We don't know that for a fact, but the fact no one thought about that, that this guy's definitely going to be willing to bribe the mall cop standing in front of his house. And if he's so good at bribery that he was getting naval officers to accept it, I think mall cops are going to be a bit easier. Arrested in 2013, Francis pleaded guilty two years later to offering $500,000 in bribes to Navy officials, though he was never sentenced. In 2018, the court allowed him to live under house arrest due to health issues which included kidney cancer. From then, he stayed in a multi-million dollar home nestled within a gated community in San Diego with his three children. The house was guarded by a private security company to ensure he didn't flee, but was paid for by Francis himself, the San Diego Tribune reported. It's unclear if his children were still staying with him when he escaped on Sunday. Man, that just seems a little weird. Convicted in 2013, not sentenced until 2018, while being allowed to be on house arrest in your multi-million dollar mansion. Oh, and your security guards are the security guards that you're paying for. So for all we know, homie has just been living the good life with the guards saying, yeah, he never leaves. He might have just had the ankle monitor cut and sitting at home for all this time, strapped to the dog so just that way it's moving around the house. Maybe sets up his ankle monitor on the Roomba just so that way when the police make sure it's been moving, it's all checked out. I don't know. Something about this smells a little fishy. I'm not going to accuse anyone of anything, but just how do you let a guy that's admitted to bribing officials with $500,000 stay at a mansion with a security team he's paying for and just not really even sentence him for five years? The entire thing just smells like a pile of fish, in my opinion. But obviously, I'll never know the details of it. Like, this is all going to be pretty hushity-hushity handled. Now that he's escaped too, it's even more embarrassing because it's always going to be that question of was corruption involved in this, especially if he's already admitted and been convicted of bribing people with $500,000. If that's a bribe, then he's probably got a lot of bands stacked up somewhere else. Who knows how long he can be on the run. But as long as he's on the run, it's always going to be a question of what happened. Any little sus detail is going to be like, well, obviously they shouldn't have let him do that. I don't know. Overall, I don't think he's going to be on the run for very long. I feel like the U.S. military is one of the people that you would want to run from the absolute least. I would never want to run from any law enforcement agency. I feel like I wouldn't be on the run very long. But I especially would never want to be on the run from the FBI, CIA, or the U.S. military. They got a whole lot of budget. What is it? Like 60% of the United States budget goes to the military. They're going to be using a whole lot of resources to track you now, and especially when it's something that's embarrassed them, like you being the most corrupt person they've convicted. They can't just let you bounce out and go hide off on an island somewhere. They've got to track you now, and otherwise everybody's going to be like, did they even try to catch him? This whole situation just seems like something straight out of a movie, though. It doesn't seem like something that would actually be going down, but welcome to 2022, where we're living in a movie storyline. 
Uh, on that note, though, guys, I think that's going to do it for this week's Ryan Rants. It's longer than the last one. Maybe if they continue to do better, they'll get longer and longer. Thank you for helping me name the series. If you like this, please be sure to like and comment because uh, this channel's pretty dead. So every like and comment really does help it get further and recommended. So if you don't mind doing that, I'd appreciate it. And uh, yeah, on that note, I'll see you guys all next week. Don't get anyone pregnant. If you do, make sure they're hot. I'm out. Peace. <laughs>